So um, let me start tonight by, first of all, let's um, just say a word of prayer. And then we can start. Father, we thank you. We just glorify you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to think and meditate in your word. Thank you for my brothers and sisters, wherever they are, from all over the world, and uh, the logged in tonight. Father, I pray that we receive your light. It's the least we have in you, because the Bible says the entrance of your word brings light. It's the first thing that brings clarity to us, so we know exactly what to do and live in this glorious life you've called us into. Thank you for 2021. It's going to be a beautiful year for us. Not because of what will happen in it, but because of how we will be in it. How your light will surround us and we'll know what to do at every point in time. We give you thanks and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Um, so two days ago we started and um, I I went broad, then I went in, then I went broad, then I went in, because usually the issues that um, affect people uh, not hearing are fundamental. Sometimes it's just in the way knowledge is arranged in people's mind. So um, I've, I've gone through it before, I've been there where you don't know what comes first. You don't know which is attitude, which is habit, which is confession, which is prayer, which is faith. You just, you have all of these general ideas about everything, but you do not have the specific idea um, about where everything belongs. Um, the issue of clarity is not something you just talk about on the basis of the word only. God speaks to people, so yeah, people should be able to hear. There are some that are fundamental to how people were raised, um, how they how how they've been they've been conditioned to accepting things, the arrangement in life, which sometimes stops them from appreciating the word. Now, if you look at the scriptures, you look at Acts of the Apostles, you see that people groups, different parts of the world, receive the gospel in different ways. The Greeks re re received it in a particular type of way, um, the Romans in a particular type of way, the Jews in a particular type of way, because culturally how we are is important. Culturally how we are composed is very important. and. I'm very, very, very stubborn in my, in my view that uh, the African also has, because of the legacy of traditions and culture and how they were brought up, we have issues about the gospel. For instance, if you look at how they talked about the Berean Christians, they said the Berean Christians were noble people. Now, it wasn't actually Christianity that brought the nobility. Culturally, there were people who were studios, okay? So when they received the gospel, they were, they were kind of very academical about it. 
They went and subjected it to a lot of teaching. They went to read and research. And so they, they, that's why they were called Christians for the first time. Meaning that's where Christianity was actually translated into culture for the first time. That's how they actually saw that Christianity can be a, uh, it can be a way of life. These guys went and studied it and then they translated it. And the way they handled it was different. And I'm quite certain that Africans, because we are subservient in, in our attitudes and our culture, there is a tendency that that has affected the way we have looked and we have um, embraced the gospel. So for instance, it's a problem here. What I'm going to, what I'm teaching is a problem. People normally just say, oh, God will do it. You know, because they don't understand, do I have to be somehow? I have to do something? You know, like I said, I, I listed fundamentals and the basic things you have to know. For instance, walking by faith. It is not, it's alien to us. We don't understand that. We like to go to the Babalao, tell us precisely what to do, and we do we want to know everything. We want to know who's going to betray us. We want to know who's going to support us. We want to even manipulate our support in advance. We're culturally very curious. So faith is kind of suspicious, you know. And then secondly, I talked about the fact that we should be comfortable with parables, with, a, with something that requires mental application. Parables require for you to think. Parables require that you should have a culture of thinking, of introspecting, of investigating issues. If you don't have it, you're not going to enjoy Christianity. It is not, you're not going to enjoy it. It's just going to be uh, uh, complicated for you. But Africans just don't like that. We don't like it. Just tell me what to do. Don't tell me to think. Don't tell me to think. It is not because we're mentally lazy, it's because culturally we're conditioned to be people who like to be dictated to. Uh, we don't like to participate in our own progress. It is, it is alien to us. And that's why we don't have clarity. We don't know how to, how to put a matter to heart. The Bible says that will keep him in perfect peace, for instance, whose mind is stayed on thee. That mind staying on. It's, it's, it's alien to Africans. Our minds don't stay on things. So those cultural issues are part of why we, we, we struggle with Christianity. And I was trying to attack you the first day, you know, and this becomes two parables. Um, the third, everything God says to you is like a loop. We don't like it. We're very transactional. We just go there. Tell me what to do. I offer some sacrifices, and then we go my way. And we're gonna enjoy my life. You know that—that's how we are conditioned as Africans. And and this is the part that I think that pastors and teachers do not really pay attention to. They're teaching us that, like they teach Europeans, Europeans. Uh, who are who, who are very very naturally curious people? Um, they're very outdoorsy. Um, 
the, by, by culture, they're different. They're very different. In fact, most of us grew up in places where Africans, we have, each family has their own uh, God. That is how personal and how transactional we have this thing. And when Christianity began to come, if you're not the kind of studios, you're going to have problems with Christianity. In fact, if you look at all the apostles of Jesus Christ, you'll see that the most studios was the most successful. For the apostles, the more studios you are, the, the more you're going to enjoy Christianity. And if you're in Christianity as an African person, you have to become more curious, you have to become more studious, you have to become more mentally involved. It's easy to take an African mentor, uh, to make an African a mental slave, it's easy. Because, it's not because we're dumb, it's because we're just by nature trained to be people who want people to tell us what to do. We don't want to participate, we don't want to think, we don't like it. And, um, that's precisely what made me to stop using um, some coaching methodologies. You know, people chose hard. In fact, people are going to tell you, I need peace. I want peace. And you tell them, where have you been all day? What have you been reading? What have you been listening to? Um, my mental health is, what have you been listening to? You know, where have you been going? Oh, it's the blog night That's where he's been going. That's why she's been going. And if you tell them that, look, you cannot send your mind everywhere and then later complain that you don't have peace, they will fight you. They will say, why are you, why are you? They don't understand that, okay, if for you to have peace, you've got to change where your mind is at. For you to have peace, you've got to focus on things that bring peace. You cannot go everywhere read every comment in every blog, and then come and tell me I don't have peace. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because there's a biological aspect to your life. There's some things that are just biologically true. Where you take your mind, the things you fix your mind are the things that is going to return to you. And just take the word and just read it. If you read it, you have only 24 hours a day to think. I'm going to go to, to all of that tonight. You only have 24 hours a day. So if you spend some time of it reading the word, not time you spent reading the word, you're not going to spend it reading the blogs. Right? And if you don't spend it reading the blogs, then you're going to have the benefit of reading the word, and you're not going to have all of the tension of reading the blog. It's that simple. So you just won't go to wave his hands. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I believe. It doesn't matter how I read. It doesn't matter what I know. Let's just go to wave his hands and take away my problem. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. You are a partner in your clarity. So what I've done in the first two days is to take away the noise. We cannot be making noise and be asking God to speak above the noise. No. No, guys, no. We can't do that. So sometimes 
It is not that God is not speaking, it's that there is so much noise. So what, what we do is, the first two days, I try to take away the noise, psychological noise, spiritual noise, and there's biological noise. You know, to understand the concept of noise, if you don't understand the concept of noise, you're not going to understand the concept of fasting, for instance. There is nothing supernatural about fasting. As a matter of fact, fast fasting is basically science. It's science. Because it's not just Christians that fast. Buddhists fast, Muslims fast, Catholics. Everybody fasts. In fact, even traditionalists, yeah, they fast. Fasting is a tool of clarity because fasting is a tool for mastering noise biological noise okay and biological noise comes from the activities of the heart how much blood the heart is made to pump into the body because of the activities that take place in the body now there are energy points in your body that seven of them i don't think you need that but there are three of them below your stomach and that is where digestion of food and all of that breaking sugar down, it, that's where it takes place. In fact, you, you will not believe how much energy goes into digesting food in the body. It, it leads to biological noise. Food leads to biological noise. So most times, over the billionaires fast, all of them do it, to maintain mental clarity, you know, they usually just take, stay away from food for a little bit. And when you stay away from food, it means that the energy expended on digesting food is negligible. And then um, there's also the other part of the energy area here. Part of it is sex. You stay away from sexual stimulation, you stay away from sexual activity as well. So below your stomach, the energy required to maintain it is not much. So all of the energy remaining can be used for the elevated emotions of heart and head and neck. And you, you feel more relaxed, okay, when you fast. And, and it is just basic, basic science. So the concept of biological, spiritual, and psychological noise are the things that you know lead to lack of clarity. In, for instance, for, for instance, biology, psychological noise is what I tried to deal with yesterday. When there is fundamental issues with a person's sense of self, and their internal conversations are very chaotic and noisy and very very un unhelpful and disempowering people who condemn themselves constantly all the time people who constantly speak words that bring them down they have psychological noise and what happens is regardless of what god says they can't hear it they can't hear it if you don't see yourself as being great as being worthy you cannot hear when god says to you arise slay and eat and eat sorry arise slay and eat you would not have the self-esteem 
to even be in a space where you can see that God can say such a thing to you. And that is psychological noise. Spiritual noise are the wrong knowledge that we have been told. Wrong knowledge. Most people still believe, and then in this room today, that they still need prophets. Yes, some of you still think so. Yeah, I've caught you. Some of you still think so. Wrong knowledge is is it's a noise, a spiritual noise. If a person does not believe that they are enough, if a person does not believe that they are the authority when it comes to things of their lives, that God wants to have a conversation with you, if a person doesn't believe that, no matter how much God is speaking, he cannot hear. So this is the concept of knowing. I tried to, for two days, try to take away by the four, two pairs of four principles that I shared with you. The first day, but manage your expectation. God will never give you an experience that makes faith uh, um, uh, uh, unnecessary. You have to be comfortable with parables and you have to pre-commit to what you're hearing. Then yesterday we went and talked about oh, okay. Manko, you can still see me. Um, just to cry. Stuff. So, um, yesterday we talked about the second pair of four, which was uh, what I call the fundamentals, the things of your life, the details of your existence, where you've been, where you are, where you're going. No one knows it. No one is more competent at handling it. No one is trusted with those details of it but yourself. Second, I talked about your voice, how your voice is so important. Both your internal and your external conversations, they must be knowledgeable. You cannot outsource your voice. And I will deal with, I will go deeper with those um, principles again today um, so that we can actually not look at how to quieten ourselves down and to hear. The third was yesterday I spoke about your sense of self. You will never, um, uh, you will never, sorry, you will never advance in this life. You will never be able to um, make attempts at anything except your sense of self is um, healthy. Your sense of self is critical. And then the fourth thing I talked about yesterday was that there are things about your destiny that only you know. And you will never attempt the things you will attempt in this life. The things that you will consider yourself competent to attempt in this life will come from who you believe that you are. So we started talking about who you think you are, who you think you are in this life, and determine what you think you are even hearing. You know, if you don't think you're capable of hearing, if you don't think that God will even talk to you, if you don't think that you are, you are deserving of greatness, you cannot participate in the conversations of greatness. And these are the issues of knowledge that I'm now seeing. I'm now trying to wrap up as a principle and share with you. Now, the issue of clarity for many people when it comes to next year is, first of all, some people want to know what is going to happen next year. 
that in itself is um, is is foretelling. It's foretelling, and um, it's one of the it's one of the psychological problems. You know, that I think that uh, when I say psychological problems, it's a hang up with us. Okay, most people would um, most Europeans would think about foretelling. Um, they will they will they will cast data. Right, they will naturally just cast data for that. Hardly do you find Europeans looking for someone to look into a crystal ball and tell them the event of next year. And hardly, only Africans do that. Only Africans do that. And you and you, you don't need to know what will happen. No, 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 no. You need to know the general directions things are going. Now, there are two different things, and, and I want you to notice what I'm trying to tell you. Those who know want to know the general directions things will go are looking for what they need to do to position themselves for it. So there are naturally people who will use data. They will look at data, and they're usually very studious. But there's a different type, which is African. We want people to tell us destiny. They want to tell us destiny. They want people to tell us um, who is going to win something. We want to hear outcomes as if we're not partakers in the outcomes, as if we're not partakers of those who will, as if it is not what we do our actions, how we handle our reality, that will eventually determine the events, the events themselves. And that we cannot just see events in advance. It is, it is, it is anybody understanding what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to take away that, that um, uh, our own curiosity is very spooky. Very, very spooky. We want to be looking for so what will happen? So our pastors here will list, uh, they will say five people are going to die. A famous person is going to die. That is what an African thinks clarity is. And that's not clarity. That's witchcraft. That's fortune telling. That's different. That's too much you're looking for. You're not going to benefit from that. It's not going to help you. No way. It's diabolical stuff, yeah. That's precisely why people, that's what they're looking for. And if, if, that's, if that's what you think clarity is, then you, you are missing it. You're missing it. When it was prophesied to me, what's going to happen? Okay, sometimes it was about prophecies, you know? What about prophecies? So when you prophesy, you say, ah, it's coming, yeah. Oh, there's going to be COVID. Everybody go and be doing COVID business. That's what they are, they're shouting that pastors did not say. They're saying that um, the pastors, out of all of them, none of them saw COVID. Mm, because that's, that's because it's fortune telling the thing this is. You think this is fortune telling? It is not. 
It is not. That is not this, that's that's not what clarity is. Fundamentally, what it is to you is that God will shed light on a direction for you. And when we talk about different ways God speaks, we'll go through it because it's going to be chaotic tonight because I want to go general, but at the same time, I want to go specific because you need to know what to do. Um, but also, you need to know why. You need to know why. And you need to know what is not so you don't confuse yourself. Because here, um, <laughs> you come here, you want somebody to tell you um, uh, how many pastors are going to die in 2021. So when they don't tell you, you say, you see, they do not see. And that and it's only in Africa that this is prevalent. Oh yeah, is it possible that God will tell us specific things? Yes, he will. But that is not the general clarity and the actual clarity a child of God should be seeking. That is not, that is not your business. That clarity is not your business. That, that prophecy is not your business. What you should be seeking is how, what, how God will lead you out of your own wilderness into light, into your promised land. And that's a heavy statement. How God is going to lead you from your own wilderness into your promised land. That's what you want. How God will lead you out of your own wilderness into your promised land. Then we talk about wilderness in terms of individuals. What does personal wilderness mean? The people of Israel left Egypt, right? They were in slavery. All of a sudden, someone told them that there was an alternative life. Someone came and told them that there was possibilities in their lives. And um, that's you, that's me. We were in our slavery. We were in our different, we were born, all of us, most of us were born into dysfunctions. We were born into abuse, we were born into all kinds of things. Just like the people of Israel were born, they were in slavery and all of that. And someone tells you that your life could be better. There's nobody in this place who has not heard that gospel, that your life could be better, that your life will be better, and that there's, there's something better for you. And that's why you are here today, because you heard that, just like people of Israel heard that freedom was possible. You heard that you could be successful. You heard that you could you could make it in life. You heard that if you educated yourself and you believe in God, things will work. That's someone came to arouse your hope where you were. And you believed. And you took the first step. But now immediately you came out of Egypt into the wilderness. You enter into this realm where you are totally at a loss as to what to do next how to access the promise, how to access all these beautiful things people have told you was possible. You are now wondering how. Because, I mean, yes, it's, you believe when they told you that it was possible, but now you are in a situation where you're in a limbo. You cannot access the life you left, and now you cannot also access the life you want. Your finances are in a mess. Your family is in a mess. 
you're not even sure if you're doing it right. Um, you're, 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 you, you don't know what's going on with, with whether you're going to get married or not. You started a business, you're not sure how to even make it grow. Everything looks kind of, kind of dark. I want you to know that that darkness that you're seeing, that wilderness, the concept of wilderness, we externalize it most times. We think that wilderness means that the front of you, there's no way to go. It is thick and dark. No. The concept of wilderness is an internalized issue. The clarity that you cannot see outside is because you cannot see inside. And the wilderness is, a, is an internal blindness. The concept of wilderness is an in, it, in, it speaks of internal blindness because, listen, the journey was supposed to be for 40 days. It took them 40 years. Because like you've heard everybody say, they, they left slavery, but slavery did not leave them. Now that means that there are things that are thick in the heart of people. That is a result of the, the dysfunction they grew up in. Listen to me. Yes. We're getting into how to make it work now, eh? There, there are there are dysfunctions in the heart of people that are made up of the the things that were lodged in them by how they were raised by by where they were in, where when they were in bondage there are things that are lodged in people that is disturbing their movement forward in terms of seeing the way forward clearly that as a result of their journey so far, the things that happened to them when they were young. That's the wilderness. Wilderness is internal blindness. It is not that there is no way out here. There is way you just can't see. Because inside you can't see. So the clarity you seek is how God will lead you through your wilderness now listen you're getting it right you're getting what i'm trying to say that how god will lead you through the things that are inside you blinding you to your potential and to the direction you should be seeing in life there are conditions inside you that are disturbing your forward side clarity outside once these things are taken care of inside God leads you in specific ways to take care of these things. God's going to help me tonight. First of all, you are quiet. So I'm wondering whether you are listening, whether you understand what I'm trying to say. Because if you, if you miss me here, you're going to miss this whole thing. I don't want you to miss me here. It is very important for you not to miss me here. Remember when I told you about listen remember when i told you about how i think it was the first day when we talked about somebody asked me a question about purpose my purpose my purpose and i said it's not your purpose and i said and i, and I began to tell you my own story about how god led me here and here and here and here and here and here 
and I've done all of this so many things. Why? Why am I being led about? Why is it not a direct journey? Why? Because God knows the traumas that I'm dealing with inside of me, the many gates of blindness that he needs to break in me. So he knows where I need to go to get those stuff fixed. He knows how to lead me away from my own dysfunctions inside because nobody knows me like the Holy Ghost. Nobody loves me like the Father. So the wilderness lodged in me as a result of the conditions of my birth, my journey up until now, he, he is leading me about where those chains are broken and I can see clearly what to do in life. Listen, I told you yesterday that some people, some young people, young people, they came out of school and after service, they just said to themselves, you know what, I think we should start a bank. And guys, I was trying to explain to you, I said to you, who does that? Because that's, you just heard the story that some people just woke up and said, I want to start a bank. To access such thoughts, to think that highly, to, to be able to say that you can start a bank, you. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? There's a reason why you have not thought some things in your life before. There's a reason why you haven't accessed some ambitions before in your life. There's a reason why you've not attempted some things before. Why? Because deep inside you, you do not think that you're the type of person to attempt such a thing. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're in the wilderness. Oh God, let them get this thing. Because if they don't, then they waste the three days. I don't want them to waste three days. This is the matter of personal clarity. And that's why your journey will be different from any other person's journey. Because you're dealing with dysfunctions that are different from their own. You're dealing with wilderness that's different from their own. Some people are coming from a background of sexual abuse. Some people don't know sexual abuse from there's verbal abuse. Some people came on from areas where there's never been a success in their family. Some people are dealing with wrong belief systems. You're dealing with a lot. And you cannot have a generic direction. God is going to take you from place to place to place to place to lead you through your own wilderness. 
And like I said, wilderness is an internal thing, it's an internal reality. It is not an external reality. Desert is an external reality. Wilderness is an internal reality. It's an internal metaphor. When a person cannot see clearly who they are, only two tribes of 12 felt that the promised land was a possibility for them. The rest of them felt, no, we are not able to do it. We are like grasshoppers in our eyes. So were we in their eyes. So the clarity is 40 days into the promised land, 40 days into change and transformation, but 40 years because of internal wilderness. That's what God is dealing with. Be hopeful. Now listen, guys. You're in Christ, though. And I'm you're in Christ. And I'm going into deep spiritual work now that God needs to do in you and is doing in you. What do you think it means when it says, For it is God that walketh in you? What is he doing in you? He's untangling your wilderness. He's dealing with, he's untangling it. He's untangling your wilderness. He's tearing away the, the internal blindness. He's tearing those away so that you can see yourself for who you are. And then you can actually hear what Abba is trying to tell you, that your life is, is capable of more. More. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither had it entered. Meaning that your mind hasn't even been able to conceive of it. And, and why? Because of internal wilderness. Because, because there are tangled up stuff in you that God needs to tear away before you can see the promise that your life represents. So that's the work of clarity for the Christian. And your life will be different. You will lead you to work with the boss who probably, um, who is fatherly. If you have been a type that was brought up in abuse, he will lead you somewhere else where you'll see someone to train you in matters of taking initiative. Then you will go and work somewhere else. And in that place, they will deal with the attitude of, being a Buddha, some people just, have, they, they don't forgive easily because of how they were brought up. They were brought up in polygamous and antagonistic environments. So they have that stuff in them that they internalize stuff too much. They're very sensitive. They don't forgive easily. And, and, that, and God doesn't want that for you. So he will lead you somewhere else where there will be, there will be situations there where you would overcome that stuff. Everywhere you go, everywhere he leads you, you get better when you leave there. And one day you will look back and say, 
I want to start a bank. And people will say, you? You, this stupid small boy from Odeon, what has happened? That's because Abba has taken you through internal wilderness. He has cured your, your conditioning and he has opened up new depths in you as a result of how he's led you from place to place to place to place. So the, the clarity you're looking for is not the how many people are going to die, how many diseases are going to come next year, how many plagues are going to hit people, how many presidents are going to fall, how many uh, crashes, plane crashes. That's not what you're looking for. What you're looking for is how you're going to be led out of your wilderness into your place. How that you're going to see that the path of the just is like a shining light and shines brighter and brighter until a perfect day. How your life will be brighter in 2021 than it was in 2020. That the light you will emit, the, 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 the things you will attempt. Are you getting me guys? Are you feeling me? Are you understanding what I'm trying to tell you? Because we're defining the results now. What needs to happen? What for you to know that you have clarity? How your life will be brighter in 2021 than it was in 2020. And listen, the darkness is never without. The darkness is within. The chains, the darkness, the wilderness, the confusion is always within. It's not about what's happening on the outside. Regardless of how the world arranges itself in 2021, as long as you got your internal wilderness on lockdown, you will have a good position in the world, regardless of how the world arranges itself, regardless of how the events sequence themselves, regardless of how the circumstances present themselves, you're going to have a position of grace and peace and power in it. That's the clarity you want. And that's what God's going to do for you. So I'm going to go from here into those with that wilderness stuff. If God cannot do it, if God does not do it, he cannot do much with you in this life. But he doesn't give up. God never gives up. If you don't give up, he won't give up. If you don't give up, he won't give up. He won't give up. First Corinthians chapter 2 that I've been reading, then uh, 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 no thoughts of a man save the spirit of man. No one knows the thoughts of God, but we have received the spirit which is from God, that we may know the things which are freely given to us of God. This thing tells you that God spends all of his time trying to persuade us of the things that he wants to do with us and in us and for us in this life. Basically, that's what he's been doing, trying to convince us that he can do this thing through us and we need to trust him so God can lead us now. You may know what is good for you 
but God knows, God has the better idea about what is good for you. Now, this is what is going to happen next year. These two forces are going to play out in your life. What you want will always be wrestling with what God wants. Your wanting a son is going to always wrestle with God wanting a nation. It happened in the life of Abraham, the father of faith. It will happen in your life. There's no doubt about it. That, that divine and natural aspects of your life, you wanting to create something for yourself. You're writing a list of things you want for. I want to I want a new car and share. I want to move into a new house. I want I want to increase my income. I want to travel around the world. You are negotiating these natural desires, which are what you want. I want to get married next year. God, I have to get married next year. You are writing these things. God is not against it. I'm not one of those people. I'm not a Puritan in that because I've noticed life doesn't really happen the way we think it does. That's why I started this business, this ministry, to let people know how it really works because it's one of these things we say can waste our time waste our time because we don't know how it works. We just think that people should just want the will of God only. It doesn't work that way. Even in the Bible that you are reading, is, is it, did it work that way? Did it work that way? Is it not that Paul will be a lawyer? He will be a studious lawyer. He will be a, a you know, a, a teacher of the law. And he's going to be a lawyer and successful lawyer. And that God will also, in his life, make him someone, use that legal work, use that legal mind, use his ambition, his natural ambition to, to fulfill his own purpose. That's how it happens. Is it not that David will be a skilled warrior? He will be a person who is going to be a skilled warrior who was in the wilderness all the time, guarding the sheep, and that God will now use him because he was a shepherd of sheep. He's going to make him a shepherd of his people. So that divine and natural, they always work. God never counsels them. If you're a model, you like to be a model, you like to, you're vain, you like to pose, God's not going to take that away from you. If you were an actor, you're acting, because it's not going to say, well, I can't use you because you're that. And because you're, um, you have ambition to go to Hollywood, you have ambition to do big things. You have, yes, keep those ambitions, they're very important. Don't, don't, don't be stripped of what you want, because once what you want is out of the picture, you are lost and you're, you're finished. Even, even God will not be able to work with you. He works within what you want to show you, guide you, to temper you push you, nudge you towards what he wants as well, because he, he has a larger picture of what you want to include what he wants. Am I making any sense? That, that, is, that is the purpose of this thing. It is not like I was just going to tell you, okay, now take away what you want. Now, now. So in, in, in writing your list for next year, in clarifying your desire for next year, yes, your desire must still come into play. What you want must still come into play. You must still have desires. So we start from your desires. You clarify those desires because it's important also that you know why you want what you want. Very important to know why you want what you want. So, so what you want is your reaction to your trauma. To your present circumstances, so your plan you're making for next year, so you bring them to God. 
and you ask him, what you want? It's a conversation. So you have to filter the noise out. Uh, once you get the noise out, the device stuff can stop. If you can afford it, separate yourself for a few days. Listen. Like I started, dear African, there is no change that will make sense, that will happen to you, that will not involve you. And when I said involving you, involving your active participation and your activity is determined by where you put your mind. It cannot be a mindless, mindless revolution. It cannot happen. You have to take time out. Take time out. Because I told you, mental noise, or psychological noise, physical noise, biological noise, and spiritual noise, wrong knowledge and wrong feelings are the reason why you don't have clarity. When you take away the noise, you'll hear that God has been talking all the while. All the while, he's been talking. You just haven't been hearing because most of those conditions, you know, they clogged up your understanding. So filter the noise out. The noise must be taken away. If you can, take away a few days. You need to hear your own soul speaking. Remember, your inner voice is actually the voice of God. That's how he speaks to you. In your knower. And noise is a threat to that. In your knower. You know that? Listen. People say, you decide to do something, it's glad you know, it's, I just know. I just know. And many of you knew stuff and you did not obey. And at the end of the day, you said, and I knew. I knew. Has it ever happened to someone before? It happens to people every day. People just say, ah, and I knew I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have told him. When I wanted to confide in that guy, somebody told me not to say it. But I knew I wasn't supposed to, but I, but I said, I just know. How do you know? And there's something inside you called a knower, because just like you have physical senses, you also have psychological senses. And someone says it happened yesterday. You just know. You have a knower, with a knower that you have not been listening to. Noise is what dumbs you to that thing, like the. The farther away from noise you are, the louder your Noah is. Your Noah is actually louder when you are by yourself and you filter away the noise. I do that every day. Just for the first few hours of the day, no noise at all. No noise. Not even worship songs. I just... Everywhere And the voice I hear next is the voice of my own soul. And then I began to, I begin to educate it. Over the years, many people cannot keep quiet because they can't stand the noise of their own soul. If you are being honest, there'll be one or two people here who are afraid of silence. Because the moment things are quiet, they cannot stand the kind of thoughts they start to have. So then quickly turn on the noise. They turn on the noise because that darkness, that silence scared them. 
And that's why I said that, um, that's why I said that you must educate your inner voice. And if, if, if you are usually afraid of being alone by yourself and hearing and your thoughts, you must now educate your inner voice, which means that you must replace the thoughts. And I'm going to, I think I can finish on the transformational aspects of this thing um, before uh, close tonight. But let me just, I don't know why I'm thinking about the practical aspect first, but I'll fix the transformational aspect, which is very important as well. Um, you know, so you, you educate that inner voice by, by changing the content of the conversation that it likes to have with you. The conversation that it's having with you that you're afraid of now, that you don't want to hear as a result, they're as a result of the exposure that you've given yourself in the past. If you change the exposure, for instance, if you start to look at the word of God, like I said to you yesterday, in Christ, you begin to confess in Christ, I am in Christ. All things have passed away, all things have become new. I am not what I used to be. I am a new species now. And you start to say that, you would begin to change your internal conversation. And then you won't be afraid of, of silence anymore because the thoughts that are coming are not attacking you. They are uplifting you. They are speaking good things about you. So um, maybe, I'll, 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 maybe I'll give you a set of affirmations to just say, constantly to yourself every day when you say those things to yourself when you take the noise away and you are silent then you can be um, you can be comfortable with what you're hearing because you have to hear yourself and your knower gets better okay this is where reducing the quantity and frequency of food really really helps so yeah go back to fasting it helps when you I try not to eat the last six hours of the day, like from 6 p.m. to like 12 midnight, and then 6, 12 midnight, 6 a.m. By the time it's 6 a.m., I've, I've done 12 hours of fasting. My body is quiet. So in that morning when I wake up, I hear clearly. I, I make decisions at that time. I just implement them for the rest of the day. I make decisions at that time. For example, if you send me a script, you say, should be my production and all of that, and I'll tell you to give me some time. That's that six hours of one day into six hours of the following day, and sometimes into 12 hours of the following day, I have all the clarity I need for most of the decisions I have to make. I've told you, it's a day-by-day -day thing. If you want something here yesterday, what to do this whole year, you must be joking, it's not here. You're looking for hocus pocus. You're not looking for Christianity. Magic love So we will go to kilometer ninety two. I'm going to get what you need there because uh, it's not here. It's not. It's not how God used to do it. It involves daily discipline to hear and to position yourself to make practical decisions every day. And when your decisions are getting wiser your outcomes will be getting better. And when your outcomes are getting better, the quality of your life becomes completely better. That's how change happens. And that's how you're led out of the wilderness. So I said, filter the noise and the hack is fasting. The frequency of food. I'm drinking Coke now. 
because I know I want some sugar, but I'm done with eating. I'm done with eating today, and probably not going to eat until um, three o'clock tomorrow. So, because the lower the noise in my friend, the larger and much bolder my Noah is. Okay, two clarify your desire. Okay, clarify your desire. Number one is to filter the noise out. Number two is to clarify your desire. You have to dig out what you say you want and examine whether the desire has come from your environment, not really from your own soul. Now, you you want to relocate, why? You want to relocate, why? Uh, Because things are better there, okay? Things are better there, okay? How? Okay, um, I want to go so that what? Then so that what? Look, use questions to clarify what you want. It's, it's because really clarity sometimes is not even in, in, in what will happen or what you should do. It's sometimes you're confused, you don't even know what you want. And you know what you want, you don't know why you want it. So you have asked about it. You have asked about what you want because you're not convinced to clarify that desire. Does it come from your environment? Many people are framing their lives after what they believe other people's lives are like, and that's why they're confused. There's a reason why you want the things you want. For instance, you just go and want something because you think that's what other people's lives are like and you're going to be confused further. You're going to be driving yourself far away from clarity. It's a confusion. Why people want what they want, what people want is tied to their identity, their sense of self. Is that your sense of self? And sometimes I also told you, God is working in you, so your desires are not random. So it, it, what you want is important. Don't change it because you think it does not match what some other people want. I'm going to throw this quickly. Why? Your why is important. Why do you want a bigger house? Why do you want to relocate? Why do you want a new car? Why do you want to get married? Why? So many people like to talk about marriage in December, I noticed. You know, there's so many weddings, so all of a sudden, People's consciousness pervaded with, with weddings. So they start to. You can ask your questions now. You can begin to ask your questions. Um, we're entering the last um, the last stage of this seminar now. You know. Uh, so in December, many people want marriage. They want marriage because December is marriage. You have to clarify what you want. Nothing is wrong with wanting more. There's nothing wrong at all, like I said to you. But wrong desires can derail your path because of the nah. Yeah, yeah. Long, wrong desires can derail your path. Another and more critical injury of wrong desires is this. It distracts you from discovering and pursuing the real desires of your purpose and life's assignment. Look, you only have one mind and 24 hours a day. If you spend the next 10 years pursuing relocation, relocation, when it's not in, when it really isn't in the plan, 
those years will amount to wasted time and resources. The purpose of clarity is to save you time. Why you are in this course is to save you time so you don't spend your time in the wrong desire, you know, wanting the wrong thing. It's the most critical step to clarity. You know, you have only 24 hours in this land, perhaps you're going to have only 80 years to live. It is not as easy to do as I've said it to. I'm just, I, I know it is not easy. You discover that you have been your own problem all this while, and it is not sweet pill to swallow. You've been wasting your time because every year you compose your direction based on what you think others are doing. It is not. It is not good. It's a waste of time. Probe yourself. If you want to buy a new car, think about it. Say, Where do I want that new car? To be more comfortable. And so that what? And so that I can. Uh -huh. So that what? All right. Let me go to the last segment, which is seeing yourself in the world. This one will, uh, it will, it's sweet to those who like spiritual things. I told you yesterday to reconstruct your sense of self, which is a major, major, critical, fundamental step in clarity. You have to change your internal conversation, change your internal conversation, you go to the word, look at where it was says in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, and then um, begin to confess that school scriptures, then begin to get that sense, your sense of self corrected. Now, when I talked about internal wilderness, I meant that the area of darkness inside of ourselves, God knows them. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing into the divine asunder of soul and spirit in joint and marrow and is a dishonor of the intents of the heart. This thing we're talking about, why do you want what you want? Why are you, why is you, are you living your life the way you're living it? They come from that place. Sometimes we're dreaming from our trauma. We're dreaming from our trauma. The things we want as a result of where, what we're dealing with inside. And why we need to use the word of God. And when they say in Christ, God can work there. And that is where he works in you both to will and to do. That is where he works in you both to will and to do. And that's where transformation happens. You will realize that you're being transformed because what the things you want are getting changed and they're different. Let me tell you what God told me about... Um, 2021, generally about my own plan. I rounded up, I'm rounding up now. Um, I'm gonna leave time for your questions. Um, but I just want to show you how, you know, when the scripture says, I have come in the volume of the book written about, written about me, I've come to do your will, oh God. How does it happen that, how can you see yourself in the Bible. How can you make the, the general promises personal? Not just by appropriating anything you see, I'll show you. There's one scripture um, that I always confess, which is very, very crucial to me. It was, it was how God began to show me myself in the Bible. 
Uh, I'm going to show you the scripture. I want you to read it. Because you might want to, um, you might want to imbibe this in your own life as well. It's a scripture in Hosea chapter 14, Hosea chapter 14 and verse 5, where about 10 years ago, I was reading the Bible and for some reason, I saw the scripture. As soon as I saw the scripture, or more, it was, it was just like, light just flew on the pages of the scripture. I'm trying to tell you how God speaks. I'm going to show you how God speaks, how you can, um, I'll show you how God speaks, how you can locate yourself in the world. God will show you a verse that describes your journey. I have a, a number of verses like that, about three or four that are personal to me. And when God wanted to show me in 2021, what would happen to me? He reminded me of this scripture. Hosea chapter 14, 14, 14 verse 5. I will be like a dew unto Israel. The Lord is like a dew unto Femi Jacobs. He will blossom like a lily. Like a cedar of Lebanon, he will send down his roots. He said, his young shoots will grow. Meaning his branches shall spread. His splendor will be like an olive tree. His fragrance like Lebanon. Now, this scripture was given to me like eight to 10 years ago. But every year, God always takes me back here and points to a part of it for me. For instance, the next one, uh, the, the, the scripture actually says, the Lord is like a do one to furniture cause. I've experienced that. It will blossom like the lily and grow like Nebulon. I've experienced that. I've experienced it. Biologically, not spiritually, physically, materially, professionally, I've experienced it. Well, he pointed me to the next one. Your branches are spread. Hmm. He alighted at that place. This is a scripture that is more than eight years old at least. More than eight years old at least because the first two years God pointed it out to me in scripture. I was still playing with it. But I think from eight years ago, I began to pay attention to the scripture. Do you have a scripture like that? You will have one. Because this is a critical foundation for your life clarity. Places where you see yourself in the world. There is a lot of direction loaded in that for you. What God highlighted to me this year was your, the, your branches shall spread. What he said to me is in 2021, family, you're going to be per pervasive. Oh, some of you are hearing my secrets. You're going to be pervasive. You are going to be pervasive. You're going to spread like a virus. You're going to spread like a virus. Okay? How did it make it clear? I'll show you. Hmm. Hey. Oh my 
excited. I don't know how many people are going to die next year. I have no idea how many plane crashes we're going to have. I don't know, but I know I shall spread abroad. because I have, I have begun to see it. I've begun to see it. Look, my brother, one to six is a lot of scripture. That's, that's a lot. But we'll talk about it exactly 12 one to six. We'll talk about it. So I'll show you how to narrow it down because it must become that, it must become sweet in your consciousness. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm. Give me a scripture. Um, in sorry, let me, let me give me a scripture in um, in, uh, in the Gospels. Um, So, in Luke chapter 8, I'm trying to frame what I'm going to tell you. I don't want you to know my secret. It's between me and my father. You get what I mean? I'm just showing you the process so that you can take it into your own room and something between you and your father can also occur. Your current possibility or your current of that clarity between you and father is the reason why I'm speaking to you like this. Otherwise, my secret is my secret. We all know what's going on with me and my father. It's a parable. It's a parable. Let me show you what he, he has given them a parable, you know, in Luke chapter 8. He told them about the souls of the world and all of that. And, you know, so he began to tell them the meaning of the parable when they came to talk to him. Do you understand? Um, so, where I'm going, where God jumped at me was from verse 16. It says, No one likes a lamp and hides it in a clay or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. Verse 17, For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. Let me tell you what Abba said to me. I don't know. I tell him God. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. But here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Abba, Abba used the scripture to illustrate how when you turn on a consciousness in someone, the next thing you do is you project them the way you project light. Everywhere there is light, people are always removing the obstacles around it. Have you not noticed? Light is usually elevated so that there will be no obstacles around. <laughs> mm. 
let's just say I'm going to have a late 2021. Late. It's going to be late. Late. You know what I say? Those boys, um, those young people, so it's okay, generation say it's late. It's very, very late. Oh, my late come. All right. <laughs> oh, my late. L-I-T. It's going to be a late, late, late year. All right. And I, I, that's all I can say to you. Oh, my late. But this is how it is. The prayer you're going to pray, if you don't already have the scripture, um, some people have it already. You must find where it is written in the bottom of the book. You must find it. Listen, I'm not saying your own words of affirmation. No, no, I'm talking about the word of revelation concerning you. See, see what I read here now. Could make sense anybody? Should make sense here. Could make sense here because it's not your word. Could we see word there? So again, now if it's your word, it might make sense there. Eh? We'll reckon. <laughs> oh, I make sense. There is a part of this word, this Bible, that will make sense to you. Will not make sense to any other person. You, I see. I have stopped from the moment I started talking about, you know, Hosea fourteen five. And this, I have not stopped smiling. This is not a fake smile. I'm not acting. It, it's just a revelation that has unlocked joy in me. And, and that means that regardless of what happens next year, as long as I keep this in my mind, I'm going to be happy, joyful. So I don't need to know how many people are going to die. I just need to know what I'm doing. So every time I give thanks, Abba knows what I'm talking about. Every time I give thanks, Abba sees the picture in my mind. Okay? So I don't care what any church says. Is it the year of nylon bag? It can be the year of bed sheets. It can be the year of furniture. It can be the year of photo on the wall. It can be the year of air conditioning. It can be the year of electronics. Oh, this year is going to be electronic. Whatever they say it is. I will say amen. But I already know what my years won't be like. Look, in this in this look, chapter eight, that I was reading from 16 to 18. Hmm? Abba told me about what will happen to my products, my merchandise, things like my books, my movies, and whatever it is I sell, maybe t-shirt. It was that detail. It was that detailed, guys. You know, I've told you, I'm not going to teach what I've not done. I'm telling you. Like, as I meditated on that scripture, I received specific instructions about product development. Specific. That's how clear it is. From the word. And that's why I've been playing that song every time. In Christ alone, no matter what you want, the glitch, the glam, the technology, the techie, the cool, it's in Christ Jesus. It's complete. The energy is an intelligent energy. Christ is an intelligent energy. I'm telling you, it descends into your stomach and it brings practical, ideological, philosophical, and scriptural, spiritual depth all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Guys, you've been quiet. Many people are leaving. Am I that boring? Don't worry. After today, you won't hear from me again to the end of January. Alright? But I'm trying to tell you how to stay grounded. This is what it means to build your house upon the rock. Build a house upon not on scripture, but on revelation of scripture. The rock means the rock means revelation. The revealed knowledge to you. Luke chapter 8. From verse 16 to 18, revealed to me. So, the prayer you need to pray is how your heart will be guided to the scripture. Okay? That is main for you. You must see yourself in the world. You have to see yourself in the world so you can build yourself upon the revelation. <laughs> yes, now they will come and say, year of mobile phones, whatever it is, they say it is. This year of virusing, whatever it is they say, I will say amen. But I will not forget what I was telling you about my own clarity in this time. I began to see myself in the world in the year 2003. That was where it started for the first time. It was around that time I began to take meditation scripture very very seriously so i the first time it happened to me the first scripture it happened to me on was um um genesis chapter 12 verse 2 the amplified version and by that time i wasn't in hollywood or anything at all i was just a child of god i was thinking i was doing I was a recording artist and I was doing all of that. And so one day I was listening to a message and it was a playful dollar who was preaching. And then he was teaching about the covenant of Abraham. And then he opened Genesis chapter 12 to read about the covenant of Abraham. When he got to verse 2, it was as if someone just hit me and I'm a hammer on the head. Pay attention, and that scripture just hit me. It was like everything just slowed down, and that scripture hit me. Verse 2 especially. I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. Thy name shall be famous and distinguished, and thou shalt be a blessing, dispensing good, good to others. When I heard it, was as if it was written specifically for me. That's how God speaks, like a burst of light. It was almost like a, a Eureka moment, a moment of clarity. It was as if I was said, pay attention to that scripture. That is you, and that's what's going to happen now. So what did Femi do? I began to pay attention to the scripture. Two or three days later, I was, I think I was walking out to the bathroom. One came to the house. It was on TV, uh, whatever was on TV. Um, I went out and I just got back and I heard Joyce Mayer quote the exact same scripture. And if you know Joyce Mayer very well, she uses only the Amplified version mostly. Okay, so 
he began to she began to speak about that and that thing hit me again was someone just slapped me on the head everything she said before and everything she said after was a blur i heard that scripture so that's how god speaks to you by one of the ways god speaks to you by shedding light on a scripture moment you must i'm saying this don't say i'm different it's different for everybody no it's not different for everybody it is not it is not different from for everybody it is everybody must have this passage right of passage of the word your life won't be built upon a revelation in the world there is no other alternative in fact anything outside of this you join what they call the foolish the wise and the foolish foolish versions were born again too. so they're wise and foolish Christians very consistent with scripture you will build your house upon slippery stuff if you don't build it upon the revelation of scripture and you can seek God when you're quiet when you're with you pay attention to the word and just read it keep your ear open because you may not be the one reading it when that moment happens although I was the one reading when the moment of Luke chapter 8 happened but I was not the one reading when the revelation of, of Genesis chapter 12 verse 2 happened I'm not going to come here and tell you I was so studious and I was studious no I, 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 I vow to God not to lie to anybody I don't need to exaggerate. I'll tell you exactly what happened. I wasn't the one reading the scripture when um, Genesis of service to happened. No. It was God. In fact, the two occasions where it happened, it was someone that tuned to TV and it wasn't in tune because I was living in my own house. So I heard Judgment on TV. I heard Kravitala talk about it. And the same light came. And I began to apply it thinking to it. And that's, that's why I read film. It's already in scripture. And that's why I'm not going to do the things others do. We create a scandal so it can be popular. Because God already promised me fame in scripture. I don't need to desperately do anything else to make it happen. I don't need to use underhanded tactic and all of that. So that's a moment of clarity for me. So Femi as a professional in the casting space when they say we won't cast you if you if you don't have you know a lot of followers like you know some of my colleagues have 2.2 million some have 12 million followers and all of that but nobody has taken casting away from me because of it will i have millions of followers of course i will that's what the word says that's what that's what genesis chapter verse 2 in all ramifications in all the parameters they used to mention fame i will be famous because it's in that scripture. I will. Because, not because I just desire to fail, but because it's part of my destiny. It's obviously one of you, which is a personal clarity for me. Obviously, I'm not going to live. I'm not going to be a kind of person who's not going to be known. It's impossible. See how much clarity I got from from. Genesis 12 2 and there are some things I've not shared with you yet yeah, that are personal to me that that happened as a result of that scripture. How much clarity? Clarity about what I am. 
at least I know that I don't have to worry about whether fame is good or bad. Fame is the right, is the is a is part of what God has called me for. And then I read it in the word, it's there. I lay the foundation like that. It's laid the foundation for me. That's sure, for sure. Should I be famous? Yes. That's clear. Would I be in a position where people will not talk about me anymore? It's impossible. I will not, because God has promised me. He's there. Comes with his own disadvantages. I've embraced it. I've understood it. So that that's clear for me. No, with no confusion in that realm for me forever. Now, what should I do in 2021? He's right here. I've seen it. And I'm still meditating on it. The more I meditate on it, the more practical directions I extract from it, Luke chapter eight. I just extract those things. And there are many other scriptures that are similar, but this one is the one God directed me to personally. So your first point of clarity as a Christian is to build your life upon a revelation of the scripture, of the truth, of verity. And you have no option out of this because you were born again. Not of the corruptibility, but of incorruptibility. The word of God which lived in the Bible forever. That means each one of us was conceived in Christ with the scripture in mind. Tell me you don't agree. The Bible says we're not born of the will of man. So when man and woman come together, egg, sperm, they produce a child. And that particular qualities of the eggs, that particular quality of the sperm that come together and determine the destiny of that child. In that transaction, their color of hair is settled. In trust transaction, even their sex is settled. In that transaction, the blood group or genotype is settled. In that transaction, some of their, their lives are already made. So, if the scripture says to Peter that each one of us was born again, not of the corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed, the word of God which liveth and abideth forever, that means the word was the sperm and the egg that gave birth to you. So that means when you were born again, there is a specific revelation that fertilized the egg of your existence. How do you know them? John chapter 1. This is the light that lighted every man that cometh into every. It is the all men, every man that cometh into the world. This is the light that lighted. And the metaphor for light in scripture is revelation. So when you were coming from the womb, something got lit. Should I still prove it to you? Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. So before you became a biological reality, you were a spiritual reality. And he said, further, in that same Jeremiah chapter, oh, let me read this for you now. So you know, I'm, not, I'm not making general statements. I'm telling you scripture. There is, when you were born again, 
there is a specific revelation that fertilized the rainbow again. You yes, all of the world is 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 one, but the head is different from the finger in terms of design and purpose and potential and capability. All right. So Jeremiah says. I'm using my second or third scripture to prove that thing to you so that you don't think I'm just um, I'm just just um, so, um, he said before I formed you in the womb I knew you I approved you as my chosen instrument okay let me read the King James Version this one amplified I like the amplified but I'm going to it keeps it simple um Thanks for sticking around. We're about to finish. Well, I'm dealing with some of the most important aspects of this thing. Um, before I formed you in the womb, in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet. So that means that before you were born, I made you a prophet. That means that I said to certain aspects of what you're going to be when you were born. When you were born in Christ, there was a revelation shouted from heaven. You were the one living in a part of this scripture. There is a part of the word that made you. A part of it. You know, on the nation, I said, oh Lord God, I cannot speak. For I am a child. For the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go toward the nation that I shall send thee and command thee, be not afraid of their faces. He said, I have made you a threshing instrument with teeth. I made you a threshing instrument with teeth. What does that mean? I said to it, I, there's a particular part of your design, the essence of what you are as Jeremiah, you would chew crush things. You're going to be a crusher. If that's not clarity, tell me what it is. Okay, so that, if that does God have a specific, yes, he has a specific scripture for you, a specific revelation for you. You are a product of a revelation. Right, you are a. I just, I just told me something. I'll quickly write it down before I will forget because I had to, I had to, um, I have to remember it. It's from my own because there's no time I talk about my own scripture. That God doesn't say something, make it clearer to me in my life. So um, we're in that scripture which is, um, let me see. Sorry, I will be done in a second. If you check um, Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 10, 
you check Hebrews chapter 10, you see a scripture that I've been quoting um, throughout this seminar. And I want to end on this note. Um, from verse 5 of Ezekiel chapter of Hebrews chapter 10, it says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Notice that place, right? When he came into the world, remember John chapter 1, it's, 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 um, it's, he is the light that lighted every man that comes into the world. The entrance into the world through the door of Christ lit a revelation of and which is what your life will interpret your life is here to interpret a counsel a, a revelation of truth it says therefore when Christ came into the world he said sacrifice and offering we did not desire but a body we prepared for me. Then he said, with burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. It is written about you in the school. I know it is written about you in the school. Um, it is written about you in the school. Angela, it is written about you in the school. Shoma, it is written about you. David, it is written about you in the school. Elora, David, it is written about you in the school. Emma, it is written about you. In the, in the scroll. Favor, it is written about you in the scroll. Fela, it is written about you in the scroll. Funke Jail is written about you in the core in this in the scroll. Galaxy 10. Really? Really? Galaxy 10. Okay, it is written about you in the scroll. There's Galaxy Tab A. Just written about you in the school. Baby Sala, my person, just written about you in the school. And not to, it is written about you in the school. You have a revelation that is waiting for your discovery that will make your life make sense. Let me tell you one of those ones I got used to delivering from my wilderness. I'll show you. I'll show you now. A scripture. Hmm. Mm. Now I Another one is Job chapter 11, 
that he used to deliver me. Verse 6 from verse 16. He said, Because thou shalt forget thy misery, and remember it as waters that pass away. And your age or your life shall be clearer than the noonday. noonday. Thou shalt shine forth, thou shalt be as the morning. The scripture is seven years old when he quickened it to me. When he quickened it to me. And he said, Femi, you, you're not going to look like what you've been through. Job 11.15. Yes, you will find that you, this, your life is interpreting a particular scripture at any point in time. And a season of your life is interpreting a particular scripture at a point in time. And a significant portion of your existence, perhaps 10 years, is interpreting a revelation of scripture. And you apply yourself by meditation every day and you get deeper and deeper into both the meaning and the experience of that scripture. I'm done, guys. I'm done. I'm done. This, I'm, and I'm grateful this whole two hours is recorded because it sort of like has all of the basic things that I wanted to say. So one of the ways it speaks to you is through your knower, you will just know that you can't explain it, but you know it. Don't take that for granted. Two of the ways it will lead you is by shining light on the scripture. He will shine light on the scripture, just like it's done for me here. And once he spoke like that and gave me a revelation, of that scripture, I apply my meditation to that scripture and directions, practical directions begin to come out of me. Okay? Practical directions begin to come out of me. For instance, I'm hoping we can build this community to about 5,000 members strong in 2021. without any struggle, without manipulation, without pro over-promising people what we can't deliver, without lying, without falsifying testimonies. I hope we can grow this community on Telegram to 5,000 members or 5,000 people in 2021. No way, no way. Okay, guys, the tab is Efe. Oh, okay. I want to talk about one of the ways after the scripture, but I'm waiting for a question. One of the ways God speaks. Uh, someone said, Is it possible to be given the word on someone else that is getting light from the word for someone else? No. Let me say something. Madam David, wait. 
The thing we're most wanting to tell others is what God is telling us. Look, why did I say no authoritatively? Listen, check it. Or rather, wait. Just wait. Wait. Another way to do it is to, if you really feel that you feel that it's for somebody else, I doubt it very much. Send the scripture to them. Don't say anything. Just send it to them. Share it almost like a joke. You know how we read scriptures, we copy and paste, we put on a post on our status. Let's do it like that. And just send it to them. Don't give them any specific warning, advance notice. Just send it. If it's meant for them, they'll catch it. But refrain from giving personal word to people. Refrain from it. Refrain. Let me tell you, refrain. Refrain from looking at another person's life. Mind your business. Refrain from wanting to tell others, dictate to others what to do. Femi, what are you doing here? No, I'm not dictating. I invited you. People have been coming in, going out, coming in, going out. That you're free. I just feel I have a, a, an idea that can make life easy for everybody, but I'm not specifically going to call Anua Falayo and say, I'm coming, I have this thing for you. No, no, no. No. It is, it is, it, it, it is the beginning of witchcraft. It's the beginning of witchcraft. Now, we've talked about how to speak to you through your knower. You just know something. Second, we've talked about how he highlights scriptures. That is my favorite part of it. It is a transformational one. It's the most transformational one where God is working on your spirit. And as you mentioned, that word is healing your dysfunctions. For example, what it brought out to me in, in, uh, in the book of Job that we read, you shall forget your misery, is how he dealt with me. How he dealt with me to be able to offload the pains of the past. That's why in 2018, I was able to sit down and write a book about it without any pain whatsoever. God allowed me to deal with it. And from the demands of that wilderness, like I told you, the wilderness is an internal reality, not the external thing, it's an internal thing. Only desert is external, but wilderness is internal. Okay? It, it was leading me away from those dysfunctions, from how I was interpreting my life based on the things I've been through. And all of us need to go through that transformation. And it's only by the word that it happens. So I forgot those misery, and then I was able to now breathe. I, I gained perspective on my past, and I was able to now put it down in a book. And I shared the story in a very, very positive and empowering way. Not in the way I perceived it before. I'd already been playing victim in my subconscious. I felt, why should my life be this hard? Now let me get this book. Ah. I beg now, why is it so hard? I just wonder, why do I have to struggle? Why did I have to struggle that much? 
But when that scripture was given to me in Job, the one I read to you just now, and deliverance began to happen in my subconscious, then purpose appeared. And I was able to see my story in a totally different way and it led to a product, a book. Led to a book. It led to an idea. So you can see how the spiritual and the mental, psychological, and the physical can be transformed just by a clarity that comes from the revelation from the world. Hello? So it's mass, it's massive what we're dealing with here. This is how to move to the promised land. Oh, you just joined the League of Writers. So someone will ask me, just like I was saying to, to you when I talked about those friends that decided they wanted to start a bank. How does someone just wake up and say, I want to write a book? See what I'm talking about? God had to lead me, do a transformational work through that scripture that took me above the barrier of shame to attain onto a purpose which led to writing a book. So, if this book is a glimpse of my promised land, the dysfunction of a trauma of the past was my wilderness. You see what I'm saying now? Does it make more sense now? Just type let me know. If it doesn't, I will go over it. But I'd hate for you to suffer all this sitting down with me and go away with nothing. So I will do everything to make sure that you go. If you are not tired, I will not be tired. It, it's, it's those wilderness that, that, the wilderness in me that did not think that I could write a book. Some of you know that there's a book in your destiny but let about going through the word, those scriptures that have been highlighted by God to you, go and, and, and start looking at them again and start studying them again and start concentrating and meditating on them again. And light will come because in thy light, we shall see light. Light will keep giving you more light and more light and more light and more light until you begin to make choices. And I, I, some of you, by the end of the first quarter of next year, you will be in a position you are not right now. And you will start to reaching to origin for and attempting some things you've never, ever thought you could attempt. You get what I'm saying? The transformation will happen. God will lead you through your wilderness made up of dysfunction, wrong beliefs, wrong ideas about life, and erroneous ideas about life. And God will work in that. Then it will move you to a place of destiny. Okay. Someone is asking, I'd like to know the place of mentors, please. Because clarity has put them from the journey to fulfilling purpose. Well, yesterday when I talked about how Paul receives a calling and an encounter, like I've had an encounter in different parts of scripture, 
this thing I'm talking about, describing what happened to me in Luke chapter 8, describing what happened to me in Isaiah chapter 14, the time what happened to me in Genesis chapter 12, and several other portions of scripture. An experience is an encounter with the word. And he said, immediately after my encounter, I did not confer with flesh and blood. But that does not mean that it did not involve others. What he is saying was, I did not seek permission to conceive the idea. So that when I received the idea, I did not check with anybody. I just received that idea and I went and studied that idea. Now, you involve people after you have studied the idea. The idea has become established in you. Otherwise, if you do anything else, like looking for mentors and all that, before, you know, you're just being lazy. You're trying to make people do the work that you are meant to do. So you take your new direction and your sense of self, what God is telling you, go and study. I'm not saying invest money. No, study. If God says you should start a food business, go and study the history of food business in Nigeria. Go and study the autobiographies of many of these uh, um, people who have done, who have done, who have food franchises all over the world. Go and study the top three percent of people in your industry. In that industry, you are going to what they do, how they do it, the opportunities that are in that industry, the all kinds of things that are in that industry. And that's what you need to do. You do that first, then you can begin to reach out to people. You can begin to look for mentors. You can begin to look for someone who has done it before. But when you sit in the mentor, you're not telling me, so uh, someone is my DM now asking me, so how do does one write a script? Okay. I want you to mentor me. How does one write a script? Are you kidding me? I should teach you how to write a script. He said, do, do you want to tutor yourself? Do you, do you want to tutor yourself with the internet or go to something writing school and then come with the script? When you now come with the script, I can collaborate with you. What can be done? They are not called collaborate. He said, when you're talking to me about it, I need to feel that you have done your homework. You understand me? So that mentorship is not, you know, lazily just passing the book to some people or signing up for another dictatorship. First we tell you when to eat, when to sleep, when to mess. No, no, no. You know, you are just, you're just, you're a parasite, not a mentee. A mentee had, has done their homework. They've done it. They're now in a place, action is impossible unless they agree, they, they come into agreement with somebody. And by that time, if you are so deep in the work, when you speak, people will want to follow you because you know what you're talking about. But people will want to give to you and, and help you. For instance, if you believe you are called to a ministry, you are begin to, the first thing you do is, I'm the pastor of the church you are going. You are lying, you are not looking for knowledge, you are looking for position. You are trying to impress me, they can put you somewhere. be lying to ourselves. You're not looking for mentorship. Most of them are just looking for sponsorship. Only everybody. Only near everybody. But you should use mentorship to come and enter people. 
to know they can be sponsoring your life. Amen. We know you. Do the work. Carry your books. Go to the desert of Arabia. Go and become what God says you will become. Grow into it. Listen, Lamento will reach out to yourself. Say, I like what you're doing. This is how to do it. How to do it. Do that, do that. Otherwise, you're either signing up for slavery or you'll be thief. I'm brother. I'm just joking. Joking with you. And done with the teaching. So mentorship does not come until you've if you achieve results, your tribe will show up. They'll show up. Okay. The last thing that God uses to be, which is the most common that God uses for me, is how it feels. The emotion of it's a feeling. It's not a knowing, a feeling. It's almost like someone is talking to you and your heart is sinking. When you hear about the project, you, have, you hear about the project and your heart is sinking. No. And you need to take time to pray. Don't just say yes. Or you hear about something and you just don't. Just feel, even though it, didn't, it doesn't look glamorous on the outside, but you feel some excitement. One way I got rid of is through our gut feeling. You don't feel right. It feels wrong. I cannot do it. What I will not do it. I will take time to pray. So you take that lack of peace into uh, into what's it called into prayer and then God tries to um clarify that for you. Yes, you cannot have a mentor when you haven't. Paul later went to Peter. He went to Peter. He went to Peter and the council of Jerusalem Council made of James, Peter and John. They were then the head of the church. So after Paul had studied what God wanted him to do, he went to these people and he laid doctrine bare in front of them. When they heard what he said, he said, whoa, this guy's done even work. How can we help? How I many of you would like to hear people say, how can I help? In 2021. This new consciousness, this new idea. You go into prayer. You go into study. You read up on the industry you want to enter. You enter the industry. But if you first of all go to the power centers, 
my sister not lie to me my brother not lie to yourself you're actually just looking for position you're looking for recognition within the environment you're looking for validation mm-hmm. you say what of true witnesses i don't understand that what is it true witness if you're talking about witnessing i already told you for instance when crefidola said when i told you crefidola used um, uh, Genesis chapter 12 was true. I received it already. And I started meditating on it. It was when I passed that I heard later, two, two or three days later, that I heard Joyce Meyer use that same scripture. So you can say Joyce Meyer is a witness to what God has already spoken in my spirit, already know. So sometimes he sends you people to witness to um yeah there and then someone else repeating that again yeah yeah yeah, yeah i guess that's what you're saying i'm right it's it's the confirmation will come i mean for instance when later in acts chapter 13 it was a long time later acts chapter 13 then the scriptures talking about there were some certain prophets and teachers in i think it was in antioch or whatever and as they prayed and fasted the holy spirit spoke and said separate unto me paul and barnabas for the work which i have sent them so i'm not saying i told you yesterday people always come around but look at how long it took imagine if he had been waiting for people's validation before he did it how many years he would have wasted you know it wasn't until i was doing this that you know i got you know on saturday told me because i had already committed to this and i was doing it for me because you've been saying you will start later you will start later look at ubon king what if he had not started what if he had been waiting Nobody's going to die. I'm not saying I'll die. I'll live to 120 and above. In Jesus' name, that's my confession. And that's what I believe. But the earlier the better. Thank God it started and it began to influence people. You can't wait for validation. You can't wait for it. You will waste your time. Go and do the work of proving who you now think you are so another way is through um your god feel is the most dangerous in the sense that is the more is the one that is in my experience is the one that lasts the shortest time now for instance if somebody is talking to you and you don't catch how you feel at that point you may miss it you miss it and you make mistakes and that is why i pro- i practice listening especially when my phone is open for business before i pick your call i will breathe so that i can relax so that i know how you make me feel inside so i pick up the phone say hello and you start to speak the first 10 seconds of the call 
Guys, I, I told you I wasn't going to teach anything I don't do. I already did that. So, for instance, you want to go on a date. Uh, I'm going on a date. And you know You pick up the phone. When he's calling you next time or when she's calling you next time, calm down. Pick up the phone. Listen. Don't be hopeful. Don't be thinking ahead of them what you want them to say. Just listen to them. Hi. The moment they start to speak, your your filler, your internal filler will come to will come to play, and you will know exactly who they are. Calm down. To stand still and now be still. Noise is the enemy. You make mistakes. If you are noisy biologically, you drink too much, you eat too much, a little biological noise. Because as you're having a headache here, Stomach is dealing with acidic issues. Your bloodstream, your, your muscles are dealing with uh, low quality blood because the blood is thin now. You've been drinking and drinking. Okay, they're eating too much. So your body is not at rest. You have biological noise and then psychological noise and then spiritual noise. Wrong belief, wrong teaching. So, in your in your Noah, you just know what to do. The moment can come when just put it. If you have a decision to make, you just know what the answer is. Second, it's in you seeing yourself in Scripture. The Scripture reveals you to you. In the volume of the scroll written about you, it will show you. Three, it is in your feeling. Does it feel right? Does it feel right? So when it does not feel right, you know it's not God. But that is the, it's very fleeting. That the filler one, the new one is more like authoritative thing. Your mind just tells you. I really know. The more you try to convince yourself by reasoning yourself out of it, where it can be faint, you will faint away. You know, the meaning one, the feeling one as well, very fleeting. If you don't catch it at the moment it's happening, then I say you will never catch it again. Meaning, you may make that mistake. Eventually. But of all the three I've told you, the word is the most, the most, most effective. The revelation of yourself in scripture. That's the type that gives you cover for like 10 years. God speaks this word and you know that this word is going to be in my life for the next 20 years. What clarity? That's a massive clarity. You already have an idea 
what your life will be like. Thank you so much for sticking with me. There's a reason why I always kept it to one hour because naturally we don't have tendency to stay for that long and be comprehending what we're saying. But thank God it's been recorded. A lot of people are going to be able to hear the recording and um, be able to do it. Thank you for sticking with me this last three days. And um, I guess I'll see you again towards the end of next month for another exciting and practical um, wisdom life skill. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege of my life to be here with you. It's been my privilege. And um, you can write your questions in the group. Um, um, so you can have sorry, sorry, I was just you can have some questions, write your questions in the group. I will come into the group once in a while to to answer the questions um, and provide clarifications. But thank you for being here. Go and do this thing. Don't just hear it. Go and manage biological, mental, spiritual noise. Get the right knowledge. Eat less. Eat to live. Don't live to eat. Yes, there are times when you need to let go, enjoy the beauty of food. I'm a foodie myself. But keep your vessel quiet and get in the world, ladies and gentlemen. There's no way I'm going to go. You can't escape this reality. Christianity favors the studios. People who pay attention mentally to knowledge. They're the ones that prosper with Christianity. Lazy people get taken into bondage. People start controlling their destiny. That's not what you want to be. You want to be powerful. So stick with me in the group. Invite others to come so that we can have a good time. God bless. And I'll see you again soon. It's Femi Jacobs. Thank you too. Uh, thank you.